Intellectually Petty Radio brought to you by M3S3 Clothing. Me and Make Moves and Suckers Stand Still. And as always, on the mighty, mighty, mighty Nerd DJs Radio Network, y'all already know we only rock with legends over this way. And today is absolutely no exception. We got producer, director, filmmaker, overall superwoman, Renika McQueen Echoes in the building. How you doing, Queen? I am good. How are you? Thank you for having me. Thank you. It's an <laughs> honor and a privilege. Uh, thank you. How's life? How's your family? Life is good. My family is good. Driving me nuts, but they're good. <laughs> <laughs> How big is the family? So I have five children, a husband, and a couple of dogs. <laughs> oh. how, how, how old is the youngest? He is six, and I actually just left his school and ran home to do this because today was decorate a cookie with your parent day, and the Grinch came, so. <laughs> Yo, yeah. I, um, I was actually in Detroit this morning, and my, my one of my granddaughters, she's in preschool, today was her first little performance ever. Aww. Oh, my God. So freaking precious. I love the babies. Yesterday was my son's. He he's in first grade. He's uh six. So yesterday was his Christmas performance. And then today was decorate the cookie and, and the Grinch. Yeah. You, like she you could see how nervous she was mm-hmm. until she looked up and seen seeing her mother and father and, and, and her, her auntie and me. And then she just lit up like a like like a Christmas light and uh yeah, they love that when their parents and their family are there to support yeah, them. Man. Yeah. Oh. So, okay, so you were a corrections officer, correct? For like yes, 17 years. 17 years, yes. Okay, that had to be wild. Men's prison or women? Um, I've always been at the women's facility, thank God. I heard the uh, the men's prison is a little bit more rough, but um, always at the women's facility. So are they stabbing each other too in the women's facility? <laughs> uh yeah, they will. Uh yeah, they slicing each other faces. They, you know, they doing all of that. Yeah, if you if you take them there, I've seen it done. Yes. Oh wow. So they um beating you in the head with a lock in a sock. Um, all of that. Yeah. Oh, so you with the shits then? <laughs> Well, I try not to be anymore. I'm saved and gave my life to Jesus. So uh, I try not to be. But back in my time, I used to be with all of it. Anything anybody had, I was with it. But I'm a changed <laughs> woman now. <laughs> I'm a changed woman now. But I mean, I probably will, you know, be with it if I need to be with it. But for the most part, I'm trying not to have to be with it. <laughs> I mean, even Jesus had warriors on his side. <laughs> Listen, I definitely was one of his warriors too. I definitely was. 
So how do you go from that to I want to write a movie? So, you know what? I've always been creative when it comes to writing. I've been writing since I was a little girl. So that was nothing new to me. Um, when I started working at the prison, uh, I was on midnights for a long time. So I used to write short stories to stay awake. You know, it was something to do. And I would let my coworkers read it. And they were encouraged me, like, you need to finish this. You need to write a book. You need to do this. But I think what really pushed me was when they took me on my midnight shift to meet a prisoner. Her name was T Tanika Lynch. Mm -hmm. And she passed away since she's gotten out. And she had written a book and got it published and everything. It was called Whore. It was a really good book. And I was like, you know what? If she can do it from prison and get a book deal, you know, and all of that, and I'm free and I have all the resources, I can do it. So I decided I wanted to write a book. I wrote a book and then um, I had it in Barnes and Nobles for a little while. I did a book signing at Barnes and Nobles, Truth Bookstore. I was promoting it and just selling it. And then I put, put it down, stopped writing for a while, was having kids, being married. And then in 2017, I went to a movie premiere that another producer, director, filmmaker was having here. Mm -hmm. And when I went to that, I was like, you know what? I want to do this. I want to make a movie. And um, I reached out to them and they asked me, do you have a script? I said, no, but I have a book. So I took that book, which was Deceitful Passions, and I ended up turning that into a movie. And once I did that, I just kept going after that. I realized I really loved it and enjoyed it. And I just kept going. So, okay, what's Deceitful Passions about? So Deceitful Passions is uh, about all the, let me say, how can I put it, uh, the good stuff that people love, the hood, the urban, it's about a cheating husband, having an affair, and uh, how that affair uh, trickled down into his life because everybody, you know, who he had, he had an affair with was connected with someone else who knew someone else. And uh, just a lot of things popped off and took place from it. Yeah. Damn, how many people was he cheating with? Hey, as many that would give it to him. <laughs> so how do you decide, like a book is long as hell. How do you decide, okay, this part I want to put visually and this part I want to leave out. Like how do you develop the characters and keep the same nucleus of who they are and translate mm -hmm. it to film? So for me, it was important that I got just as much of the story from the book into the film. So that's just how I made my decisions. Now, there is a few parts that I did leave out that were in the book. Like there was a scene where there was a shooting at Burger King and stuff like that. Now, I, I knew I couldn't do that at Burger King. So, of course, that was one of the scenes that I left out. And then there was another scene um, where a man made another man do something to him in the book. And I knew... I couldn't find a man to do that. So <laughs> that was left out. So just little things like that, things that I knew I could not do, mm -hmm. you know, when I started filming, those were the only things that I, I really pretty much left out of the film. So what's your family think when you start writing this book? Um, You know what? I, I really don't know. I don't think they thought anything. I don't. I don't even know if they thought that I was going to finish it or if I was serious or what. Um, you know, I had some people who really didn't believe. And then I had a couple of people 
who know that I'm the type when I say I'm gonna do something, I'm gonna get it done. But um, you know, I don't know. They really didn't speak on it or anything like that. So who did you talk to like during the process? Is it just you? Um, I who I <laughs> who did I talk to? Um during the process, I probably talked to my sister about it. I think I talked to her. And I talked to one of my cousins about it, but I didn't. I didn't have a lot of people to talk to about it. And my coworkers, my coworkers, because I had them at work reading it as I was writing it. So I would say like my coworkers and just a couple of family members. Wow, mm -hmm. like, like as a quote unquote creative, mm -hmm. um, sometimes it can be a little disappointing when when your circle doesn't see the passion. Yeah, most definitely. You know, um, at what point do you feel like okay, they they started to appreciate it more? I still don't feel like that. Really? Yeah, I still don't feel like that. Like, um, I don't have a huge support system. I have um a couple of really close friends, you know, I love them, they're supportive, they're proud of me. Uh of course my children, you know. My husband, my, you know, mom and dad, I guess. But I don't have, like, a huge, huge support system. And then maybe the people that I've met along the way mm -hmm. as I've been doing it um, who has become, and I don't want to say fans because I don't really think I have fans. So I'll just say supportive people who support, who like my work or, you know, stuff like that. But, no, I don't have a huge support system for my family no yeah um i think I, at least for me i i used to feel that way and then one day i just ran you know every once in a while i just beg for money on facebook for no reason uh -huh. it's, it's for a reason <laughs> i'm like you know i wanted i wanted to get a piece for my my studio uh -huh. and just a bunch of my family members just sent me money really yeah um, maybe I should, when we get off this interview, jump on there and be like, hey, I need money for something. Just make up something and see if I'll get anything. Because normally they ask me for money. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm going to try that one day and see, you know, if I get some support or if I get a couple of coins or what. You know what? I think we tend to define what support is for other people. Yeah, yeah. And if they don't meet that expectation, you feel like they don't support. Exactly. When some people is just not going to watch whatever you're doing, or some people is just not going to read whatever you're doing, mm -hmm. they may share it. Yeah. They may send you $20. And that's that support. Um, That is a huge support. I think a lot of people don't understand that. So um, if you share something for me, that's support because there's a lot of people who don't know me, who don't know about my work, who don't know about my movies, who don't know about my book. So if you share it and then one person just finds out about me today, that helped me a lot because word of mouth and, you know, people talking is everything. So I definitely appreciate the share. So for me, it doesn't have to be financial, um, the sharing, sometimes encouraging words, because I have my days where I um, deal with imposter syndrome, as they call it, or I have my days where I don't feel motivated or I don't feel like I'm necessarily where I want to be. So encouraging words always goes a long way. The shares, the likes, stuff like that, it goes a long way for me.
Uh, imposter syndrome. I don't think I've heard of that. So it's just when you feel like um, you're not deserving of whatever the accolades that you're achieving or you have going on or um, or even like when people compliment you or different things like that or um, you you just feel like you um, you you shouldn't be doing what you're doing because maybe you don't have the degree or you didn't go to school or you didn't do what someone else did to get where you're trying to go. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like, uh, I guess, sometimes, some days when you don't believe in yourself, pretty much. Man. Yeah. yeah. I, it's hard for me to take compliments. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm always like, oh, my God, thank you so much. Because, you know, people that I do meet or who do know about me or who do like my work, Mm -hmm. sometimes I meet them and they say the most beautiful things. And uh, I'd be like, oh, my God, you know, you know, for somebody to think so highly of me and I haven't even reached the peak of where I'm trying to go. So I think sometimes it's hard for me to accept those compliments myself too, because I feel like I still have so much further to go. I just be like, no, you ain't talking to me. You got to be talking to somebody else. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> and literally, uh, it shouldn't happen to be yesterday. Oh my goodness! Yeah, you know. Uh, okay. You so- know what? We gotta we gotta learn how to accept it though. I just saw like a short clip on Instagram floating around where uh, Alicia Keys and her husband was talking about that and talking about, you know, receiving your flowers, receiving your compliments and, you know, walking in your greatness and everything like that. And accepting the fact that you are doing the work and you are who you are. And some people truly admire that. So for 2024, that's going to be one of the things that I work on. Um, I'm on the fence with that one because that's what keeps me motivated. Mm-hmm. Cause I don't ever want to buy into what other people are saying. Mm-hmm. I get it. You know, cause I want to always feel like I, you know what, I'm not, I'm not doing enough. Mm-hmm. You know, so I don't know. Um, I, I guess I could work on that, but anyway, enough about me. All right. So <laughs> you get that movie in the can. Mm-hmm. What happens next? Then I get that movie in a can. I um, get a distribution company. I get it out there. It's on video. It's on Tubi. It's on Google Play. It's on YouTube Movie Rental. It's on several other streaming networks. And um, I'm like, okay, now I'm not filming, but I love it. And I want to do it again. Mm -hmm. So I pick up another story that I had started writing that was supposed to be a book, but I did not finish it and I did not publish it. And so I decided to finish that and turn it into my second film, but I changed the name. The name was originally My Brother's Keeper, mm-hmm. and then I decided to change the name to Cain and Abel because the way that I ended the movie was um, like part of a story from the Bible. So although it's not a biblical or faith-based movie, um, I did take a little, you know, something from the Bible and put it in there. So the second one, what role mm-hmm. outside of writing it? What what else was was your your role in the filmmaking process? So for Kane and Abel, I was the executive producer. I was the producer. I was the wardrobe stylist. I was the person who um, I would say uh, uh, set doing the locations and all of that. Like I pretty much 
do all the work behind the scenes, pretty much, with the exception of directing it or something like that. And of course, I don't know how to do cinematography, you know, so yeah, but I pretty much do as much as I possibly can on my own. But I want to get away from that. I'm sorry. I said, but I want to get away from that. That's a lot of work. I can't even imagine. <laughs> uh, shit. Um, how do you pick a director? How do I pick a director? Yeah. So, um, just somebody who does great work, who I feel like is strong. You know, I might watch a movie, but for the most part, before I got into directing myself, I was going with the same director. But um, normally somebody who just has it naturally, like you could see a movie and you like how well the actors did in that. And um, they did their part extremely strong and correct and all of that. And you know that the director has a lot to do with that in telling them how to act the part out and different things like that. So that could be one way. But um, when I did Deceitful Passions, I met Kamal Smith. He was the mm -hmm. assistant director for that movie. And I just enjoyed working with him. And he is such a talented person. And it's just a God-given gift for him that I was like, okay, until I got comfortable enough to step out and start directing, I just went with him on all of my projects because he did such a great job and our chemistry together is amazing, so. That's dope. Oh, and, and Rita said, girl, let me help you. Huh? Rita said, let her help you. Oh, okay. Listen, I'm always open to help. <laughs> <laughs> I think I would just be in the way. <laughs> Okay, so you so how many you got three films so far? So yes, I have Deceitful Passions, which is my first one. Um, I have Cain and Abel, my second one, and then just on Friday the thirteenth in October, I released A Family Divided, which is my third movie. Um, and I have a series that is in post production right now, mm -hmm. and I'll probably be releasing that maybe around February. Okay, you got a series. So how many episodes? Uh, it's just five. So because it was my first time doing a series, I didn't want to do like two, three seasons and everything like that. I wanted to learn it, get it under my belt, get very comfortable with directing and everything like that. And um, so I did what they would call like a season filler. Mm -hmm. So let's say if they took something off, you know, for the season and they needed something to fill the slot, okay. minds would be able to do it and they would play like, one episode a week for five weeks because it's five episodes until the other show returns. So now that I've got that done under my belt and know that I could do it, I would probably, if I did another series, it would definitely have about two or three seasons. Well, so for this one, it's just one season. Huh? Why not, why not a prison series? You know what? I would love to do a prison series and I definitely have an ideal for one, but, um, I would want to use a real prison facility. And the one that we were using here to film at in Michigan, mm -hmm. they uh, closed it down and recently uh, stopped allowing people to use it to film there. So I wouldn't want to film a prison series in like a made up studio. I would yeah. actually really want the actual prison. Yeah, that, 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 you can't replace that energy. Yeah, when I filmed uh, Cain and Abel, we filmed at an actual prison in Jackson, Jackson, Michigan. Oh, yeah. I'm not mm -hmm. even trying. I visited there when I was a kid. 
Okay. No, no, it's not okay. <laughs> no, it's not okay. Yeah. Now, if that was still open, I would love to do a prison series and, and film there on a regular basis. I would love that. I mean, after 17 years, I'm thinking you got the material. <laughs> I got plenty of material. I probably got enough material to last me a lifetime. What's the best thing that you saw in a prisoner? The best thing I saw in a prisoner or of the best prisoner story. Mm, the best prisoner story. The stories that I that I heard from them, I wouldn't say that they were the best. Uh they were crazy. They were sad. They were disgusting. They were, you know, yeah. <laughs> so there was nobody that, that you know was in the joint uh came in a shitty person and left out a flower and went out and oh okay so you mean like that so um yeah you know what i do know a few prisoners who came in um had terrible attitudes um i couldn't stand them they couldn't stand me but um you know once i got to learn a little bit about their background about their life what they mm -hmm. had been through how they was raised what was done to them then I was able to have empathy and understand why they were so angry. So I would um, then, you know, try to talk to them, breathe life into them, you know, and things like that. And they've gotten out and they've sent me messages and they're telling me that they're working, they're doing good. If they had children, mm -hmm. they're being great moms and they're just doing good things with their life. I definitely know one who was doing uh, amazing things since she's been home. She started a family. She's working. She hasn't been in any trouble. Like, she's really um, changed her life around. So, yeah, I know a couple of stories like that. What do you, what's a good movie to you? What's a good movie to me? Yes. A good movie to me is anything that makes me emotional. If I cry, if I get mad, if I get sad, if I, if I watch it again, if I can watch a movie several times that's a good movie to me because i normally watch a movie one time and mm -hmm. i i might not watch it again but if it's good i can watch it several times what movie have you watched the most what movie have i watched you know what uh, <laughs> i've watched world war z several times with uh brad pitt the zombie movie i've watched uh really? what's the Yes, because I love, listen, I like, like, uh, thrillers, scary movies, zombie movies. I love all that type of stuff. I've watched, um, one of my favorite, favorite movies, and I don't know why I can't never remember the name, but, um, Denzel Washington, when he was the big time drug dealer and he had the mink. Oh, oh. Uh, and, uh, he uh, ended up going to prison. Oh, I love that movie. Yes, he was Frank Lucas. Now, I've watched that a bunch of times. I love that movie. I never get tired of it. Um, yeah, I love that movie, too. Although what it's else? fucked up that as much great work as he's done, he didn't really get the accolades until he plays, like, in Training Day, until he plays some gangster shit. You know what? You sound like my auntie who is 82 years old. She loves Denzel Washington with all of her heart. And she says the same thing. She said he has done some great movies and he never received like his accolades for him until he played 
like roles where he wasn't any good, you know. And that was one of the ones she always talked about, Training Day. She hates that movie because she said he was a bad guy. Yeah, I can understand that. <laughs> you know, what's interesting though, um, I, I've never, he may be the uh, the only actor, actress that I can say I've never watched a movie of his and been like, oh, this is trash. Yeah, I love everything he's been in. Everything that I've seen, I love. You know who else I love who I feel like does great movies who I've watched and I've never disliked them? Mark Wahlberg. I just don't like him. You don't like Mark? Yeah. Why? Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch? Yeah, he's from Boston. <laughs> I, can't, I, can't, I can't trust nobody. I can't... I can't trust him. He's from Boston. I love him. Oh my God. I think he plays in some great movies. I and do. He's not, a, he not he, he, he's not the best actor either. You think so? No, he's not like <laughs> he, he ain't Denzel or, or DiCaprio. Okay. Now see, I'm not a big fan of DiCaprio. Really? Why not? I, I'm just not. Leonardo, I'm not. I mean, I've saw some things, and I'm like, mm, I, but no, he does nothing for me. No, I, th I don't think he's 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 uh, stretched his range as much mm -hmm. as, as Denzel definitely. But he, when he, you know, he, he can act. Yeah, you I know? just well, maybe I gotta find something that really grabs me. But mm, he just doesn't do it for me. Okay, nope. what you what you writing now? What's the next movie? So I don't have a title for it. And actually I'm working on three scripts, but the one that I want to um, film next in June, mm. I do not have a title for it. So um, I, I I really don't want to give it away, <laughs> my idea away, but um, okay. it's, it's going to be amazing. I know that I think it'll be um, another one of my productions where you see my growth. Um, from the first three that I've done. I think um, A Family Divided is my best work, but I think this next film, too, will also, you know, just show people that I am improving in my writing. I'm improving and, um, you know, just from everything, from casting to my crew to the editing of my films, color, everything. Like, I don't want to just keep making movies and they stay the same. I want to improve and get better with each one. And I want everybody to be able to say they enjoy at least one of the films that I make because I don't want to stay with the same genre over and over again. I want to do whatever is put on my heart or whatever idea God gives me, I'm going to go with it. So, so what's your biggest critique of your writing style? Um, my biggest critique of my writing style is getting to the action faster. I need to, I need to do that, um, a little bit better, you know, because I, I'll tell a story and I'll be really detailed with it. And I'll, mm. you know, and a lot of people want you to j just get to it, get to the action. You know, like if you're talking to somebody and you're telling them a story and you're long-winded and taking all day. And they like, just get to the point. You know, I, I, <laughs> I'm learning and I've learned to pretty much with film, it's not like a book. You know, with a book, you're, you're very much more descriptive. You're mm -hmm. telling what color the outfit was they had on, the sun was shining, what type of car it was, what the song was playing on the radio in the car. Where with film, they don't care about that. Get straight to the point. 
we want to see what's happening. So I mean, well, you care about it, but all of that is visual. Yes. Yeah. So you yeah. don't have to describe the song that they can hear playing. Well, yeah, and you can, and and of course you want them to see it, but you just need to get to it quicker as opposed to you know drawing it out. And I think that's a difference between you know, like it depends on who's watching it. Mm -hmm. Because women tell a story completely different than men. Mm -hmm. You know, our stories is just over. <laughs> you know, a, a woman respectfully takes forever to tell a fucking story. Yeah, and yeah, and so that's what I'm learning not to do. I'm learning to get get right to it. You know, mm -hmm. and I I think I'm learning that because that has been one of the critiques that I've received, you know, when I talk to people and I get constructive criticism and stuff like that. So this time with my new movie, I will definitely, I won't make it too fast, but I'll definitely get to the nitty gritty much quicker. Okay. So I yeah. give you a blank check. Mm -hmm. I tell you, you can remake a movie outside of that World War Z movie because I'm not trying to... <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> it's all right. It's all right. <laughs> but, but I tell you, you can remake a movie um, and you can put whoever you want in that movie. At, at, at least the, the, the let's say, the top four characters. Now, okay. when you say whoever I want, are you talking about already stars, you know, in the millions, the big movies, or are you talking about... Um, people here who I've worked with or in the acting film industry that I think does a great job. Anybody with a pulse. Okay, cool. <laughs> so what movie do you make and who do you choose? What movie would I remake and who would I choose? Oh my gosh. Um, What movie would I remake? You know what? I just watched a movie um, the other day. It was made in the 90s. Mm -hmm. And it was called, um, I think, a mother's, a mother's revenge or something like that. But it was about a lady. She was married, had a family. She had a, a younger daughter. Her daughter was twelve, and then she had a daughter, uh, probably about sixteen. And uh, the sixteen-year-old was held on wheels. But the mother had to work overtime, and she asked her sixteen-year-old to pick the twelve-year-old up from school. She didn't get there on time. The custodian of the school ended up raping the little girl and dumping her um, with hopes that she would die. But she survived. She was in a hospital. She was in a coma. They uh, found out the custodial did it, and they went to court. And uh, while they were in court, his mother hired him one of the best attorneys, and she got him found out guilty. The mother shoots him in the courtroom. A few days later, he dies. So now the mother is on trial for murder. Mm -hmm. So she hires that same attorney that got the man off for raping her daughter to get her off the case for murder. I would remake that. Okay, so who you got starring in it? Who would I have starring, starring in it? Oh my God, so gosh, you know what? For the mother, Cause um I let's say if I cause they were a Caucasian family, mm -hmm. but if I turned them to a, a black family, I think I would want Taraji to be the mother, Taraji P Henson to be the mother. Um, if I kept the family Caucasian, 
I like Julia Roberts. Uh, <laughs> look at your face. For uh, <laughs> oh my god! I actually, I, I, actually I, I I can't front. Julia Roberts is 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 a, is a pretty decent actress. Yeah, she is. I think Julia is cool. I think yeah. she would do great. Yeah. I don't know about, you know, I don't, I don't. That would be interesting to see her try to pull off. I know Taraji could do it. Easily. Yeah, I definitely know Taraji could yeah. do it, and I think she would be great because for one, she's a mother in real life. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Uh, she definitely has that mm, to her. You know, like. She'll get somebody together. Um, I think she's a strong actress. And uh, I think she would do great. Yeah. yeah. I think that would be a good choice. Uh, I think Julia Roberts would have it in the bag, though. Who would you let play the lawyer? The lawyers? Oh, wow. You know what? I would like Viola Davis to be the lawyer. Hmm. I would like her to be the lawyer, uh, uh, the defense attorney. She's a hell of an actress. Yes. And I think she would be a hell of an attorney, strong. And and the attorney in that <clears throat> in that particular film was mm -hmm. a very strong woman. Okay. And stood her ground. And like in the movie, they knew not to mess with her. Her name was big. She did a great job. Like she was that girl. So I think Viola Davis would do great. Mm. Yeah, I, I, man, I gotta go watch. I gotta watch that movie. Yeah, it's from the '90s. Um, it's actually on Tubi. Did you hear the comments that Taraji made about uh, sisters getting paid in Hollywood? Yes, I did. I actually saw that today. Actually, um, a clip of it on Instagram. I saw it. Yeah. What do you think? Um. I think when um, they asked her, she talked about walking away from um, acting. I don't think she should do that because I feel like it's something she loves. And for me, I wouldn't want to let anyone um, take me away from doing something that I love. Um, I really don't know too much. Like, I um, maybe they could, you know, I don't know how hard it is to put your foot down a little bit more or, you know, um, you know, if you have to even turn down roles, but even with that, you know, I think a lot of people would be like, okay, I'll just go get somebody else. So I really don't know what it is that needs to be done. Um, I remember Monique talking about it, mm -hmm. you know, um, maybe our people should get together, um, more and do films together more and circulate and generate that money more so that they could pay each other what yeah. they want. Yeah. And um, we would make some great films, great movies, and people are going to watch. The money is going to be made. And so we could write bigger checks for each other and without having dependent, without having to depend on, you know, another race to pay us our worth. Maybe they could do that. That would be my recommendation. And yeah. I don't, I mean, I don't know like the, the the compensatory structure that Tubi has, mm -hmm. but from from what I hear, it pays well. Yeah, they do. Thank you, Tubi. <laughs> so, so, so I guess my, my my thing is okay. Well, I get it, Taraji, but why don't you just make your own movies? 
And it don't yeah. have to be like like people are making movies for ten thousand dollars on Tubi. Mm-hmm. And some of those movies, you know, I know Tubi gets you know got this reputation, but some of those movies are really good movies. Um, can you connect me with those people who's making them for ten thousand? I would love to just spend ten thousand. <laughs> oh, you spending more than that? Yeah, I spend a little more than that. Oh, yeah. Wow. Is it worth it for you? Yeah, I I get you know I get I get a nice little coin, but um, <laughs> I, but I still would love hey, your business. If I could if I could um make a movie for ten G's, I would. Um, I, I would. I think the story that it takes to make a movie for ten G's, like you could make a movie with one set. Mm. They do plays with one set. Mm. Um, maybe, I mean, maybe you can, um, I know that people, you know, you could, um, I've seen films where they only use one location. Mm -hmm. I just went to the movies and, um, I saw a movie called Silent Night. Did you see that? No. Where I'm kind of slow, I guess, because I thought it was called Silent Night because it was, uh, you know, based around Christmas time or something Mm -hmm. because from the commercials, it was the season of Christmas. And I'm still slow because it took me 30 minutes into the film to realize it was called Silent Night because there was no words in the movie. 30 minutes to figure out it Because no I was, but let me tell you why though, because I was so invested and deep into the film because it was so much action and so much going on that it was a good movie to me. And so I didn't realize that they hadn't said a word and that the, the communication was via text messages <laughs> the whole time. You know, there was no words. I'm like, they did a whole movie and ain't nobody said a word the whole, from beginning to the end. And the communication was through text messages. That's it. So And, I, and through action. Was it a decent movie? I was amazed. Huh? I mean, was it a good movie? Yes, I was amazed from the time it came on to the time it went off. It was good. It may have gotten slow for just a couple of minutes, but it definitely was a good movie. It was an action movie, crazy shooting, fighting. It was it was it was crazy, but there wasn't one word said the whole movie. Yeah, I had to write that down because I'm gonna have to watch that. Yeah, it's called Silent Night. And when you watch it, let me know what you think about it. And you said that's on Tubi? No, no. I went to the movies and saw that. Oh, this was at the movies. Yes. I just recently went to uh, the movies with my husband. We had date night. And so I try to pick something <laughs> that looks like he'll stay awake. Uh and so I saw that and I was like, oh, he might stay awake for this. And he did for a little bit, but you know, <laughs> he didn't make it all the way through. <laughs> Shout out to your husband. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh. oh my god. Yeah, but it's called Silent Night. Check it out. Okay. So, so and I'm 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 super impressed by things like that. Yeah, that I, I can't imagine like the how. I definitely yeah. see that. I'm not going to the movies to see that shit. You're gonna have to talk to get my twenty dollars. <laughs> you know, but <laughs> when it comes home on streaming services, I'm 
I'm gonna definitely watch that shit. Yeah. Yeah. So check what, it out. What do you do you think that you do you prefer the series or a movie? A movie. I feel like a series is way much more work. Um, a lot more money. Uh, I'd rather just get it told in an hour and 30 minutes and keep it pushing. How, how do you get it on Tubi? How do you get it on Tubi? So some people um, use sites like Film Hub and stuff like that where they submit it and um, upload it themselves and uh, do it that way. Um, some people use film distributors. I myself have a, a distribution company Mm -hmm. that I deal with. And so once my movies are done, I send it to them and then they uh, make all the deals for me, get it on Amazon Prime, they get it on Tubi, they'll get it on uh, any other streaming network that's interested in it. I mean, so, yeah. So it's definitely got to be, a, now that you got three movies in the can, it's definitely got to be a, a, a lot easier process for you. Yeah, it is a lot easier process because I've learned um, how to do things correctly. You know, um, I've learned um, just a little bit more about the crap with each movie that I do, you know, because everybody doesn't do things the same. And so, you know, I may learn something from another producer or learn something from another director or, you know. Mm -hmm. So it's getting easier. I don't know everything. I am not the GOAT, um, but I'm definitely a lot more knowledgeable than I was on my first movie. And, um, yeah, so. So are you at the point now where people are calling you to pick your brain? Yes, I get that every single day. Yes, every day I do, yeah. I get messages, I get inboxes, I get text messages, um, phone calls. People call me from different states, out of town. Uh, yeah. My name is actually circulating way more than I ever thought it would when it comes to the film industry. So that's something that I'm proud of. Yeah, but it's, it's, yeah, it's still like, oh, wow. That ain't irritating though, all the people calling you? You know what, sometimes it's irritating because people will call me and they will talk my ear off and act like they're ready to go and ready to do something and do this and do that and they're really not ready to do anything. Or they'll call me and act like they want me to produce or direct or write or do something for them and ask me questions mm -hmm. and I'll give them, you know, the information that they ask for, I don't mind it. And then they'll go to someone else and work with someone else and give them all the tea that I gave them to get what they oh. need done, done. Yeah. yeah. And that's irritating because if if that's what you wanted to do, just say that. You know what I'm saying? Like, you don't have to work with me. You don't have to hire me. You don't have to just don't waste my time. But if I can help you and if I can share some information with you, then I don't mind doing that anyway. So you don't got a lot of kick it. But what it does for me is just lets me know. I make a mental note of if you call again, I won't pick up. I'm not answering. I feel you on that one. Yeah. It does, does irritate you a little bit when, when you know, it's just like, you know, I, I hate when people just call and ask a question. No, hello. No, you know, just, just or just text you. Just no greeting. No, I'm, you're a human being. 
How you doing? I get that all the time. They'll slide in my inbox. Oh, hey, how do you do this? Or hey, uh, when your next film? And and my response is, hey, how are you? Um, what's your name? Who are you? Okay, nice to meet you. Some of them get it, and then some of them don't. They'll be like, oh, okay, yeah, but um, so and so and so, and then I won't respond. I'm the same way. Uh, oh, and Slugger, I don't know, I K I R T V. <laughs> Since you, you apparently you know them. Mm, I don't know Slugger. What's their real name? I, I don't know. They just said salute, lady. Oh, thank you, Slugger. <laughs> <laughs> so five years from now, where where is Renika McQueen? Five years from now, hopefully Renika McQueen is. Um, considered one of the top directors, producers, writers, filmmakers with lots and lots and lots of lots of money, um, lots of happiness, good health, and enjoying my family and out the way. I respect that. I, I like that. Is there a particular director that you study more than others? No. No. I wouldn't say uh, no. You know what? I, I pay attention to everything that I watch, whether it's a film from here or it's a big million dollar film. Um, I just pay attention to like uh, the scoring, the coloring, the lighting. You know, I see what I can learn from each film mm -hmm. if I like it, you know, so that I can use it, the idea to make minds better. Or if I see something that I don't like, I make sure that I try not to, you know, do the same thing, you know, or if it's a mistake. Even from my own um, films, when I watch them, I say, oh, I could have did this better or I should have okay. did this. You know, it's, it's just all still learning as I go. There's nobody that um, I study more than others. I just try to learn from everything. Okay. Is it when you're when you're filming? Mm -hmm. what's the smallest detail that you feel is the most important when i'm filming the smallest detail i feel is the most important um just in general paying attention to detail like just in general because the smallest thing could mess up your production and that's why um i said i want to get away from doing every single thing on my own because when you do that that's when you miss little things, the little things that you'll later see that you may or may or may not be able to fix. So uh, I am trying to learn to trust people and hire them and trust them to do the job that I've hired them to do and know that if I hired them is because I believe that they did good work. So they will do good work on my production as well. And, um, I could be free to focus on the other things that I need to really focus on. So are you just, is there a point where you just want to be directing? Probably so eventually. Yeah. Yeah. Probably so. I just want to just be directing and, and that's it. Yeah. And somebody's doing a wardrobe. Somebody's doing the location, somebody's doing, you know, whatever it is that needs to be done. And I can strictly focus on dire directing. Yeah. What exactly? Okay. So let's say you got a, a let, we'll go back to the prison cell. Okay. When you're directing, 
What are you looking for? So it just depends um, what the scene is, what you want, um, what the mood is from the actor, actress. You want their body language. It could be you want for this particular scene, um, their facial expressions. Um, I mean, it just depends with each scene and, and, and what you want out of that actor or actress. You know what I'm saying? You're telling them how to bring that character to life when you're directing them. You know what I'm saying? Whether it be grab the person you're in a scene with by the arm, you know what I'm saying? Push them, whatever it is. Roll your eyes or um, if you want them to yell, if you don't want them to yell, if you want them to express anger um, without even speaking it, but showing it through their body language, it just depends on that scene, that movie, what it is you want how you want the characters portrayed. So whatever it is that you envision for the movie, that's pretty much it. So, and I've talked to a couple of uh, actors, actresses, and with directors, they say there are some directors that, that will, you know, you have to stick to the script mm-hmm. unequivocally. Yes. And then there are some directors that will allow the actor or actress to improvise to an extent. Which one? Mm-hmm. So when I first got started, I was the one like I needed straight by the script because I felt like in which I hadn't, you know, fully learned that um, I was feeling like if it was off the script, then it didn't feel like it was my idea or my story. It felt like they were doing what they wanted to do. But since I'm three films in, what I've learned is that they can very well do exactly what you want them to do. Um, but sometimes if you let them just improvise just a little bit, it might make it even better because it's coming more from their personality, which gives it more of a natural feel, more of a natural, you know, look. So um, I may speak a certain way. And so when I write my scripts, I write the way that I talk, the way that I speak. But that may not be how you talk. So when you read a line, you may be like, oh, I wouldn't say this like this. So I'm open to you telling me, well, you know, can I say it this way? Okay, let me hear how you want to say it. And as long as it's still within the the range of the dialogue that I chose and that Mm. I've written, but you still get it said, then I'm cool with that. And sometimes they they do a better job than what you wrote on the script. <laughs> so I'm definitely open to, you know, of course you're not going to change it, but yeah, I'm I'm open to that. I mean, I've never written anything or directed anything, but mm-hmm. I, I I would think that I would want people get like you hire people because they're good at what they do. Mhm. So to kind of like cage them in. Mhm is almost defeating the purpose mm-hmm. you know like hire a, a worse actor yeah somebody you don't trust mm-hmm. if i trust you enough to give you this part you know i don't i don't think you should complete you know you're not about to completely rewrite things mm-hmm. but i want yeah I, I want you to grow into the part yeah yeah, yeah I, I agree with that yeah i want you to truly transform and become this character like you're when you're acting and we're doing this movie you're not you. You're, you're this person. If it's Jessica, you're Jessica. That's pretty dope. Um, yeah. If people want to get in contact with you, they, they want to hire you, they, they want to get in one of your films, how do you go mm-hmm. about doing that? 
So they could reach out to me. I have Facebook, which is Renika McQueen. They can send me a message there. Please be professional. Please um, greet me first, you know. Um, and also <laughs> my um, Instagram, which is uh, Chase and Connor Productions. Uh, I would prefer for you to reach out to me on my business page on um, Instagram instead of my personal one. Um if, it's, if it has anything to do with film, Chase and Connor Productions, and Renika McQueen on Facebook. What oh, and you know what? And you can also, they can email me too, Chase and Connor Productions at yahoo.com. Where you get the name, Chase and Connor? My boys, my sons. So um, my two sons, the youngest two, they names are Chase and Connor. So your daughter's just nothing? No love. <laughs> don't do that don't do that you sound like them <laughs> don't do that <clears throat> oh my gosh you sound like them they was like wait a minute what about us? but listen i got some more business stuff and uh their names gonna hold it down their names <laughs> you ain't no good you know that yeah but their names gonna hold it down in the next one <laughs> well you know i have daughters you know, so I'm, a little, I'm, I'm biased. Oh no, I got him. I got him in the next round. I got him uh, in the next one. Yeah, but it's not the same. Oh, well, they, you know, hey, I don't know. You know, you know they're <laughs> never going to let you live this down ever. Listen, I do so much as a mother and have they back so much. They better go somewhere and sit down. Okay. Uh, Thirty years from now, they're gonna be talking <laughs> shit about that. Y'all gonna and be in some super mansion. Everybody gonna be extra rich. You are gonna have fifty films in the can, and they gonna still talk shit about it. I like how all that sounds. And you know, when they talking stuff about it, I'm gonna be like, "But listen, whether your name was on or not, you got your way paid through uh, nursing school, through college. You got your way paid through this. Like I do a lot, <laughs> so they better, you know, be appreciative. I'll name something another one of my businesses." uh after them <laughs> so so you done with the corrections for uh officer there yes um in uh this year well 2024 um in july it'll be three years coming up oh must be nice yeah it'll be three years when did you decide i'm done so you know what i'm gonna be honest um when my check started rolling in for deceitful passions and I was like, wait a minute, I'm making more with this than I am at the prison. What I liked my job at the prison. I just didn't like being mandated. Um, I couldn't go home sometimes. Well, a lot of times after my eight hour shift, I'm gonna have to stay maybe for 12 hours, 16 hours. And that was on a regular basis. And so I wasn't getting to see my family or my children the way that I want to. And so once I, you know, saw like, okay, this is still going pretty good for me, it started to pop into my mind, like, I might walk away from this. And uh, I talked to my father about it, but then something ended up happening at work um, when I did Cain and Abel, and uh, I had a movie premiere, and somebody that I thought I was very close to from the job, who was one of my supervisors, came to the movie premiere. He went back to work and he reported my film and said that it was 
I don't know exactly what he said, but I, whatever he said, it ended up getting me under investigation for the film. And, um, you know, they this were just Ken, huh? Huh? This was Ken, huh? What you mean? Like, like Karen? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So, yep, Ken. So they ended up um, trying to investigate me. And, and in the investigation process, they were trying to tell me, like, um, how I could make films, what I could, what I couldn't do. Um, I had to get authorization for this and this and that. And I was just like, no, that's not going to work for me because I knew that I was going to continue to make movies. And I didn't want anybody to be able to tell me what I could do, how I could do it, when I could do it, and things like that. So um, I just was like, you know what? I think for me, that was like the icing on the cake. And uh, I quit. And I know you're not going to say it, but that was some weak-ass shit. <laughs> you know what it was very weak I was very hurt I cried about it because I thought the person who did it I thought we were really really cool I felt like he could have pulled me to the side he could have had that conversation with me and he could have told me because we were cool we talked a lot you know he talked to me about my films he was he seemed to be supportive you know and things like that and was telling me like you're doing great you're gonna do big things great things and for him to turn around and do that, it just taught me a very valuable lesson that I needed to learn. Um, it hurt me. Um, it it, um, it took me through some things where my trust level, you know what I'm saying? Like it, I, I think it needed to happen though, because what he meant for bad, God meant for good. And it just turned out blessing my life um, because I was bull crapping around. I was still... You know, even though I wanted to leave and was already telling my uh, partner at work before that, like, I'm leaving, I'm going to quit. But I was kind of afraid because I had been there for so long. It was mm -hmm. stability. It was uh, Blue Cross Blue Shield. It was dental. It was vision. It was a lot of things for me. So I was still kind of staying around. And I think I don't, I wouldn't have been able to get to my full potential mm -hmm. had I stayed there and still tried to do film. Yeah. So I think it needed to happen. But, um, yeah, what he thought was going to hurt me, it just turned out to be a bigger blessing, that, I think, than anyone thought it would ever be. Yeah. Take your bitter ass somewhere else, too. Bro. <laughs> <Anyway>. <laughs> yeah, that, that that hurt me. I ain't going to lie. It was a mess. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm very cautious as to who I, like, at, at work. You know, and I don't be going crazy or doing wild ass shit on my podcast, but you know, I don't want to hear that bullshit. Yeah, yeah. So I'm. And you want to do you? That. You want to be free to do you when you're creating and doing whatever it is. You don't want anyone to be able to put um, stipulations or tell you what you can and cannot do with your own business, your own vision, your own dream. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So for me, I was like, Nah, I'm out of here. And uh, I just stepped out on faith, and it was the best thing that I could have done. Well, if nobody tells you today, I'm proud of you. Oh, thank you. I really appreciate that. And I'm proud of you, too. Well, thank yeah. you. Thank you so much. Okay. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, no, thank you so much. No, and I, I truly want to thank you for, for uh, stopping by and joining the conversation. This has 
definitely been a wonderful conversation. Oh, thank you for having me. I um, appreciate you thinking to even want me on your show because i see that you guys says you like legends on your show big time folks so this is an honor legends yeah that, that, that's it like, <laughs> we, we don't fuck around you know them days is over yeah. <laughs> i'm just being real with you um well, thank you if there's anything that i can possibly do for you i'm not sure what but if there is please don't hesitate to, to let me know and i got you you know what? You've already done it. You've believed in me um, enough to invite me on your show. And so um, your fan base and your people will see it. And so that is enough for me. So I appreciate that a lot. Thank you. Oh, and, and Rita wants to, wants to be your music supervisor one day. Okay. Tell her, um, send me a message. Let me see what she got going on. Stop asking questions. <laughs> You heard that though, Rita. Send her a message. Um, anyway, I'm gonna let you go. Um, I, again, I just wanna thank you so much and you have a phenomenal rest of your day. And you have a phenomenal holiday. Oh, Merry Christmas, fuck all that. Merry Christmas yes. and Happy New Year. <laughs> thank you, you too. <laughs> Way that work. You ain't gotta have no holidays, me. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. No, no doubt. Uh, Peace. And I Peace will talk out. To you later. Yo, that was pretty. That was really dope. Um, yo, how was the audio? Because you know, like I, I be worrying about that shit in the back of my head. Um, especially when I got a new piece, it sounded good to me, but I'm not listening either. Um, so anyway, uh, I just want to thank Radika McQueen again. Um, truly, truly, truly an honor and a privilege. And in an hour, we got CL coming on. The founder and proprietor of DigiWax. Oh damn! See, see, I was trying. To... Let me hold. Hold on. Nope. I still don't. Give me a little while. I'm still. I'm still fucking around with this. Anyway. Uh, Appreciate y'all. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share. Yo, uh, shout out to the barcode. Uh, I went through there yesterday at the Cambria Hotel on West Lafayette in downtown Detroit. Yo, that hotel is fucking dope. And the barcode, oh my God, man, it was lit. It was a beautiful uh, networking event. Got a chance to tap in with uh, some of Detroit's finest. Um, so that, that was definitely dope. Shout out to Mikey for that plug. Um, and, uh, I'll holler at y'all in a minute. We out.